0: G'day and welcome to Runners Radio, a little bit of a collab one. I just got off this great man's show and he's an absolute ripper. Now I'm going to interview him because he has got an absolute wealth of knowledge and experiences to share with you all. Liam O'Donnell is a mental wellbeing and I guess mental health coach. Um, and how else would you describe yourself, great man?
1: Mate, you're pretty close. Mindset, mental wellbeing coach, speaker, um, facilitator, I don't get too held up on you know, the titles, you know, just more interested in the work that I do, trying to have an impact, um, you know, and create content as well. So I'm a big content creator, um, but, mate, you can just call me Liam. That's all that really matters for now.
0: Well, I love you, and thank you, mate. Thanks for coming down. We've only known each other a few weeks. We had a coffee a few weeks back, and Liam's come down to the, our Cheltenham studio here, and, look, he's just an inspiring dude. Since I met him, I've done a lot of reading and listening to a lot of his content, and he's an absolute prolific content um, provider on his uh, podcast which is Braintainment Braintainment that's the one podcast. so we'll obviously put links to that um, and I think this might even be on there his YouTube channel which is Liam O'Donnell just Liam O'Donnell but there's lots of Instagrams but Braintainment's a great great show so I recommend anybody listening to that because the thing about Braintainment is it's, you get a good idea of Liam's personality his authentic self he's really he, he leaves no stone unturned to give you guys the best I guess content and, and just just I guess it's really, really valuable. I don't like listening to podcasts if I'm going to be just having to wait for the wait 30, 40 minutes for the gold. Like Liam just goes straight to the point, bang, bang, bang. And it's really cool. So if, if, you, if you're a big uh, listener of podcasts and like self development, um, then Liam is your man. Now appreciate that brother no, you, you are, I'm you, looking around
1: thinking who's he, who's he talking yeah, about it's you it? it's no one
0: behind you right, okay. I promise you I'm talking all about you you can and, keep going if you I, like it. Mate, I, and the thing is that's all off the top of my head no, you um, I do love it and you have interviewed some amazing guests on that show but a lot of the ones sometimes which is 15 minutes of mm. you and I'm just you talking and, and again back to the authentic self and I, I think if anyone knows this show or Runners Radio or, or just Runners or whatever we do Red Zone it is it's, a lot of our values do align um, and I loved a lot of the values, but um, I guess what are you doing in this in this current state? The last twelve months or 6, 12 months, and then I'll get you to take us back to where it all began, and then
1: we'll get into some of the gold. Mate, sounds good. Well, firstly, appreciate you coming at the time to to do this with me. It's amazing to be in this studio. So we just had a chat earlier as well, so I'm excited to to reconnect. And you touched on it already, Rick, but you know a lot of our values. A line, which is cool. Um, I like your approach as well, having that personality influenced in the work that you do. Um, you know, it's a big part for me, and that authenticity coming through. So, mate, it's bloody awesome to have this time to, to have a power out together in the yeah, flesh. Uh, mate, the last—it's it's, been—it's been a whirlwind, but I'll give you the highlights, real anyway. Certainly, the last say year or so. Um, so, a lot of the work that I do now is I do some one-on-one coaching stuff with people, and I also do some talks for workplaces, schools, and sports clubs. Do I do a lot of stuff with footy clubs, just given my background? you know, playing footy and, and in the sports community. And a lot of that stuff is in large part around mental health. You know, I've had my own, my own journey, which I'm sure we'll get to pretty shortly. I've um, had a lot of highs, a lot of lows. Um, I know a lot of people can relate to that. You know, the, I mean, the stats alone don't lie. You know, the rates of uh, mental health issues, certainly in the last few years, are really alarming within Australia. You know, it's pretty funny. We consider ourselves such a laid-back country yeah, I think we're actually the second most medicated country in the world for mental health issues. So there's obviously some some work to be done there, and I've had my own journey. So I do some coaching with people around improving their well-being and, and how they how they feel on a daily basis, how they see themselves. We can unpack that a bit more soon. I do some talks, like I said, um, for groups of people around mental health, and also just how to build an empowering mindset, which is, you know, sounds very abstract. A lot of the times, you know, when I'm talking about my work, a bit nervous about um, it just sounding too ethereal or too kind of abstract. But ultimately, for me, having gone through, you know, really debilitating depression for a period of time, you know, really struggling with crippling anxiety for a period of time, I'll unpack that more soon. I've come out the other end of that. Far from perfect. At the end of the day, we're all human beings. But feeling dramatically better. And I now know how bad it can get. Um, even when things on paper should line up to you know feeling really good, I know how bad it can get. And I guess kind of the juice of what I want you know, excited to share with with your audience today is I know how I know how much that can change. You can completely fucking rewrite the script. You can feel dramatically different. So for anyone tuning in that's maybe struggling right now, it is unfathomable how much you can improve how you feel. Okay? And we'll sort of talk about strategies, my strategies and things that I find useful in a moment as well, but a bit of a roundabout way of saying coaching and, and, and talks that I provide knowing the impact that uh, the right information and the right consistency can have. And so that's what I do now.
0: Yeah. And that's a really good way to put it. Cause I understand it can be quite wishy washy, but it's not when at the end of the day, um, what you do and people in your space do, uh, is not many more important jobs. I'd say because it genuinely, if the listeners are out there that are really struggling um, this is the kind of stuff that it, you can change your life dramatically. Mm. Uh, just get in contact with someone like Liam, and, and obviously we'll, we'll get, go through your details later, mate. Take us back to the beginning, but obviously not. T- you don't have to go too deep, but take us, I guess, the first 20-odd years of your life um, as a human being, and then when it all started to go, mm. a spiral out of control in a, in a bad way, I guess, mate.
1: Yeah, well, I'll give, you, I'll give you and the audience some context, right? So my story looks like this, I think it's really relevant, and parts of it, you know, potentially your audience may relate to, to certain parts of this, but um, for me, it really kind of, the, the journey kicked off in my mid-20s. You know, growing up, um, there were certainly some challenges, which I, I don't think we'll need to unpack on this platform right now, but um, like a lot of people, a lot of ups, a lot of downs. But, you know, May do was in a footy culture, which was amazing, but it was also, you know, for the longest period of time, sort of a culture and environment where, you know, showing your feelings, thinking out loud, being vulnerable, it just just wasn't encouraged. And so, you know, over time I built an identity of myself that was, you know, the party guy, the footy guy. Um, And listen, I got no beef with having a good time. I got no beef with sports. I love it. We share a mutual interest in sports and, you know, in fitness. Um, But, you know, the, the danger comes when you are not also allowing yourself to be human and you're not allowing yourself to act in alignment with being authentic. And a lot of people just don't know what that looks like. And I didn't when I was, you know, teenager coming into my early 20s. All I really cared about was, you know, girls um, having a, having a good time on the weekend, and you know, playing sports and being being good at what I did, and sort of having a real ego around that. Challenge with that, Rick, is you know, you sort of get to throughout your mid twenties, and that starts to get chipped away a little bit, and all of a sudden, if you're no longer, you know, the gun sportsman, I'm, you know, tried to get my originally for me, the plan was to get into AFL, didn't work out, and all of a sudden that was taken away from me. Um, my identity of being the party guy all of a sudden that was just starting to not feel that good my values were starting to change yet i was still showing up the same way so all of a sudden all these things are adding up and my ego is getting challenged and when that was stripped away i was kind of left with nothing else and felt really naked emotionally i felt like a fraud in a lot of ways and that was when i started to really flirt with you know looking back on it now was for the first signs of depression and i was really struggling with it i just didn't know where to what to do with that, didn't know what to do with that feeling, Um, and, mate, it all sort of started to culminate on a footy trip, I won't go into the gory details, but, you know, uh, having a a crack over a a four-day weekend, and I just remember um, that last day having the paramedics come up to the hotel room, just because I'd really destroyed my body, Um, and, you know, in large part, of that I was just trying to chase the feeling of, of being a certain person, you know, the, the party guy, the, the whatever. And I felt so horror. Physically, I was completely shot. And then when the paramedics left, I was all, you know, got the all clear. I was going to be fine. I was just overdone it. Um, I had a moment, mate. And again, I won't give you all the gory details, but I had a moment where um, I really reconsidered my life. And, you know, I, it, was, it was a scary feeling and it stuck with me. And then shortly after that, a couple of months later, I was overseas with my brother, and this is a big part of my story. Sustained a head injury, which was actually you know wrong place, wrong time. But if we unpack it a little bit more, it was uh, out the front of a bar and we had a few drinks and me and my brother, just we got, we got jumped by a group of guys and I was king hit overseas. And um, you know structurally things cleared up reasonably quickly, but the long lasting effects of that were pretty dramatic. And so I was diagnosed with post-concussion syndrome. You see a lot of it coming out now the long-lasting effects of concussions and head traumas with footy guys. And, you know, I sustained a really bad example of of post-concussion syndrome and then that really spiralled the depression and into anxiety. It was really a three-year process of trying to navigate through that. So, mate, to bring it all back together, um, that's why, for me... Um, I'm so passionate about the work I do now because it took me down this rabbit hole. I experienced the depths of despair mm. at times, um, but then I've gone down this rabbit hole, studied you know human behaviour, psychology, physiology, all these things that I needed to build myself brick by brick back to feeling good, to feeling, and, and feeling a way I'd never felt before, yeah. you know. Um, and so having done that myself in a lot of a lot of ways has been amazing. But then, you know, now feeling this this drive and this purpose to share some of that, those learnings and ideas along the way in the hope that maybe something might help or, or resonate with someone that, you know, tunes in.
0: Yeah, brilliantly. I mean, you sing to that really well. And um, I think people can understand exactly. I think a lot of listeners out there would certainly understand a lot of what you spoke about. Obviously, the concussion, very serious concussion, uh, mind you, is very unique as mm. far as that's not the norm. But everything until that moment, I've got no doubt. I'm listening to it, not my head. I've got no doubt people are just going, yeah, that's me and that's me. So thank you for that was brilliantly put. And I've got no doubt, I know you speak very often on stage in front of groups of 100 men and women and, and young young teenagers and, and athletes and footballers. So I've got no doubt you go deeper into that and that's that's the time exactly um, to go into that um, and one-on-one I can imagine. Mm. And having you, Because you are such an open book and you are so honest, authentic all the time, it just must. It's a very safe place for people. So um, your clients and your the people you mentor on a day to day basis, they must feel very safe because you. There's no judgment there. Mm. There's zero judgment, which that's is huge. obviously number one. Um, and I know you're really good with a lot of your um, messages, and I think that's a big one for you. you. You never judge anyone. The post concussion stuff, though, like I guess we'll spend a minute on till that because yes, it's massive. It's been massive in the NFL for a decade or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, the AFL now, the Australian Rules Footy League, it's been quite massive the last five or six years. We've both got no doubt mutual friends that have, um, aren't allowed to play footy anymore and um, and pro, pro footballers that aren't allowed to do any contact sport anymore just for fear of um, um, legal retribution. Like Patty McCart and other people that yeah. have So take us through the two or three years, I guess, post the, mm. the it. I know you're a, you're a very successful business owner prior to this coaching role. Um, I guess, what's life like with it? And was the old stuff coming back? Because I think people would not understand it fully.
1: Mate, and I'm so glad that you mentioned that because I didn't at the time. Mm-hmm. you know. And a lot of the stuff that's coming out now, the front page of the paper, three weeks in a row at one point it was all the head trauma stuff and it was amazing to see the exposure now. But this all happened for me a bit over six years ago now. And at the time, mate, there was just there was not a lot of awareness around uh, once things were cleared up structurally in the brain, had an MRI and things of that nature, um, you sort of got the out you get, you should be sweet. And I didn't know where to turn either. And so um, it was really two months after that injury where I was attacked overseas where I first had the diagnosis of post-concussion syndrome. So it was like, okay, it's not just me being, you know, a little bitch, um, which is, it was the ambiguity of it was the worst. Like, why the fuck am I still sort of struggling with these symptoms and emotionally so volatile and just um you mentioned stuff from the past coming up it really just exacerbated pre-existing challenges mm. you know sort of that i mentioned before living out of alignment and trying to create an identity that didn't feel right but i was just chasing an ego trip and things like, that. like all that was just amplified um, and then add in the, the dizziness the fatigue the um you know the blurry vision like all these symptoms were really rife and so I got the diagnosis and I was able to then go, okay, at least I know what this looks like, go down the rabbit hole of seeing other people that struggle with similar challenges and then start to do the, the rehab. And mate, in a nutshell, for me over what ended up being really a five-year period, it was a two and a half to three-year period was quite gnarly, but ultimately a five-year journey, it was about 20 grand spent on you know rehab and uh, coaches and counselling, neuro-rehab kairos um, for the neck adjustment from the whiplash from the trauma and all these things came into it and so you learn a lot yeah. when you're kind of having to go through that and what really feels like a silent battle and I know a lot of the, mental health, the health, mental health stuff and that's why I'm so passionate about it now is a similar experience for people is like no one else is feeling this like that's the paradigm a lot of people have it's like I'm feeling this or, or I'm feeling a certain way and I shouldn't I, I shouldn't feel like this you know, I got I got the misses, I got the partner that I love, and I got this work. And on paper, everything's fine, but I feel I just don't feel right. It's a horrible place to be, and it, it's hard when you don't know exactly what to do with that. It's really challenging. I found to to work through that when you when you feel like you should feel another way, but you don't. And that's how I felt for a number of years, um, because structurally things were fine on the surface. I looked okay. I could still crack jokes. You know, still flirt with women. All that all that rubbish. But inside, you know. Uh, emotionally mentally and certainly physically as well i was struggling um so mate it was pretty gnarly um but it was really i reckon a year and a half post injury where i started to get some things started to work yeah. right and that's something where we can sh- we can we can unpack a little bit more but there was some mindset stuff There was some really practical physiological things that i needed to do um in terms of like retraining my vision had a big impact on how i how i felt and and some of the symptoms that were showing up for me Getting back into exercise. So, for the longest period of time, you know, I I felt like anytime I exercised, which was a big part of who I was, you know, and obviously the work you do, you know how important that is for how you feel Mm. on a daily basis, is getting that exercise in, moving the body. And that was stripped away from me. So, getting back into that where it wasn't too intense, intense, where the heart rate was too high and actually skyrocketed my symptoms, Mm. but finding that sweet spot where it was okay, I might not be able to do what i could use to do i might not be able to do you know the the big weights workout right now but i it doesn't mean i don't have to do nothing it doesn't mean i have to do nothing i can still do you know my 10k uh low to moderate capacity um aerobic zone um and focus on the controllable that's a big thing i tell people right is control the controllable and that gave me a sense of agency sense of empowerment like fuck okay i'm going to do this because i'm going to focus on what i can control and as soon as you feel like you have a sense of control over a situation you automatically feel a little bit more empowered and so for me that was big there were things i couldn't control and it was frustrating and i wanted to blame everyone and i was stuck in the past and i wish this didn't happen it's like okay Mm. it did control the controllable and so um the the, the aerobic capacity training was a big thing for me and a few other modalities as well and then to be honest, mate, it was a lot of the psychology stuff. So reconnecting to an empowering belief system and a few other things that really became my pillars for rebuilding my mental well-being.
0: That's that's it. So you've you've touched on a lot there, but I can imagine now that is a big part of your, uh, I guess, philosophy and, and methodology uh, with, with your mm. clients and your the people you mentor um, so well. So it must be hard as well. The physical stuff's been taken away at its peak. So... Because when you were talking about your, your issues post concussion, and you, you, the dizziness, the fatigue, the chronic, the, just the chronic physical feeling of, of nausea and that, mm. so you that was a big part. That's a big part of anyone's recovery from depression, anxiety, and different different um, other ailments of the same nature. So you, you had to find a way to make it work for you, yes. and you did. Yeah. So, but how long did that take to find a way to make it work for you from an exercise point of view?
1: Uh, from an exercise point of view, uh, it was probably a couple of years. That's a long time. Yeah. For, for a bloke yeah. who's built his... Oh, and we're trying to detach from
0: the ego now, aren't we? No, me? of course. But for, you've got your whole identity around fitness and sport and you can't do any
1: of it. And it's such a go-to to to, to, to feel better, usually, mm. um, when you're in a funk, you know, whether you're, whether you're a young kid or a teenager or an early... It doesn't really matter, whatever your age exercise is such a good modality just to at least get the endorphins going improve this you know the physiology the nervous system things of that. like
0: so important it's and so when that
1: wasn't an option that was really tough
0: so i guess just on that before we move on um because we always talk about on these similar shows that we do with exercise and mental health it is everything and if you're like you you are a great athlete and you still are a great athlete all that stuff but that's irrelevant it's it's just you you weren't able to move for two years mm. so If you're out there and you've never moved before, but you're really having these struggles, just just promise yourself a six-minute walk, seven-minute walk, and do it before you even have a chance to think. And then we start to, again, look, we talk of neuroplasticity and you talk of it very well, and I love it. I'm fascinated by it because we aren't destined. We can change our destiny tomorrow. I mean, if you get up and move first thing in the morning, it's the key. Mm -hmm. Um, And you must have really done that well because you had a lot of reasons like you said, to not do anything. Mm. But you had to really say, what works for me?
1: Yeah, and and here's the thing, Rick, as well. Mate, there were some days where I just, I threw in the towel, you know, and there were some days where I was like, just, what's the point? You know, and we spoke before about comparing to other people and, you know, um, like that was a big thing for me. So it was kind of, for me, it was like, what's the point of going for a six-minute walk? It's not going to change my life, Mm. fuck it. Like that was the psychology that I was trapped in. And It was really hard to escape from, particularly when you go out for that six-minute walk, and you see someone who's just, you know, banging out a two-three-hour ride, or you see your mates doing really well in their sports or whatever it might be. And I wasn't quite there at that at that um, stage in my journey, and that was really frustrating. So it it's super easy to stay stagnant, mm-hmm. um, and that's very you know very biological experience for us humans is to kind of stay in what feels safe you know we're wired for safety and survival we're not we're not wired for happiness and success and things of that nature we kind of have to curate that as best we can and so i was stuck i just want to highlight that that it didn't come easy and it's and it wasn't it wasn't linear either Never. that's big It, it was two steps forward three steps back but then four steps forward like it was over a long enough timeline that's how you win like that that is how you make Progress in in business, in, in your money, in life, and certainly in your emotional and mental stability. I found right, it's not linear, but if you do the fundamentals, the six-minute walk, the daily day, over a long enough t- period of time, man, neuroplasticity—you touched on was my favorite word I learned in my mid-twenties. We are literally designed to adapt and to grow. Like that's what makes us humans, the apex predator. And that sounds very geeky, and but if you just sit with that for a second, it's kind of what I want people to really consider because there's look you can you can google you can youtube you can search how to feel better how to how to work through mental health challenges. there's a lot of modalities and options out there and they're all worth exploring and then exploring with curiosity and finding what works for you but ultimately people will fall short if they don't fundamentally believe that they can change right that mental health yeah. trap is the lack of hopefulness that your future can get better that's where that's where it's we where i was stuck So understanding neuroplasticity, even epigenetics, these concepts, which sound... If you keep it simple, Rick, Liam, whoever's tuning in, we're all designed to adapt and to grow. And it might not be tomorrow. Your destination might not change overnight, but you can change direction in an instant. And that belief system is everything. The modalities, the tangible stuff, the tips and tricks, it's all useful. Mm -hmm. And we'll unpack that if we've got the time, but it's the belief system that I can and will... Get yeah, better. I can, and that that might be something like a tangible skill. Like right now, you know, in my example, I can't run ten kilometers because my symptoms were I just break down. I can't do that, but I can, and you know, here I am running, you know, doing Ironmans and of the like, which is crazy. So, um, the tangible side of things is cool, but the the kind of the abstract stuff as well. So, how you feel on a daily basis, people wake up and they're consistently flat or fatigued or scared or nervous or anxious or depressed and that's all they know their nervous system has been reconditioned that way from weeks months potentially years of being that way okay know that that too can improve it's not just a pat on the back it's not a motivational speech mm. it's, it's no, I'm, I'm not someone special because i've been able to improve how i felt it's the belief system that you can improve you start there i promise you in three, four weeks, three, four months, however long it takes, your life can be dramatically different. It, it's it brilliantly put, and
0: we're both so passionate about that, and it doesn't have to be the way it's always been. Um, and that, that's so true, and you, the way you put it is great. You can't expect it to happen overnight, and it's not gonna be instant, it's gonna take a long time. But again, you take the little wins mm. like the day. If you think there's no point, believe me there's two of us here telling you there is every point and there is every reason to start to change and that the, the new transmitters throughout the next day if you do so Look, forget about anyone else it's about you about how, how are you gonna get the squeeze every inch out of your next day and, and mm. Liam squeezes every inch out of every day but if you feel like rubbish for six weeks so I'm sure like you said it's not linear up and down up and down four steps forward five steps back but when you did start to move and start to mm-hmm. do things, the, the quality of your day, the productivity of your day, was always going to be better. Um, and you, you do it; you do really help people with that really well. I, I wanted to look like the pen, the pillars of mental wellbeing and stuff. Like, if, if there's someone listening to that, we've spoken about exercise so much. Um, we'll get onto a bit of your journey with the triathlon stuff. Hmm. If is there anything else that they can really work on? And take take it day to day type stuff.
1: Yeah, so I'm really big on the tangible stuff too. So the, the um, you know I think it's important to have context. So we, that belief system and um, for me is, is the best place to start. But you know I can give people five pillars that I've found really useful. And the important caveat here, Rick, if I may, is you know I'm just one guy. I'm just one dude. I, I haven't got all the fucking answers. I'm just I, I'm here sharing my journey and in the hope that someone can just take a couple of little bits and pieces filter it through their own sort of system and then and then integrate what's going to work for them okay there's all kinds of ways to go about anything and certainly when it comes to to boosting how we feel mentally emotionally and you know everything in between there's a number of ways to go but for me there was five big ones if i reflect back on it to something to you know for people to consider the first is the belief system like i said and for me there was a few things Humans are the ultimate adaptation machine. I'd repeat that to myself, to other people, my friends, my family, my partner at all times. I love that one. I absolutely love it. Humans life. Life. are the ultimate adaptation machine. i tell you why I love that, Rick. It's, it's not about me looking in the mirror saying, I'm better right now, I'm better right now. And look, that serves its purpose too. That's, that's a whole other conversation. But this is, whether you like it or not, whether you agree or not, whether it makes you feel happy right now or not, is besides the point. Humans are the ultimate adaptation machine. Darwin was often misquoted for saying it's the strongest of the species that survive but he actually said it's not the strongest nor the most intelligent but rather the most adaptive to change that will survive and that's why humans are the apex predator right so i find that really fucking empowering so i started to really buy into that and then integrate that into my own life and go okay like i said it might not be tomorrow but over time i can adapt and grow and change and evolve beyond imagination it's not rara it's not motivation hyperbole it's that's, a, that's facts. So just knowing that alone should help people just feel a little bit more confident. Okay, I can get better, I can improve my running, I can get fit, I can get healthier and I can certainly boost my mental well-being and my narrative of myself, okay? So that's the first thing. I also uh, built a belief system around, hey, I am far more interested in how I feel about myself than how others feel about me. And dude, this was, I still struggle with this a little bit but I reckon this is big for people. Particularly in a social media world, which kind of amplifies this human need for context of like, how do I fit in the world? Where do I belong? Who am I, mate? Rabbit hole to go down. Um, But that that was a whole other episode, episode, mate. But I struggled with that for a while. I struggled with that for a while. Um, But part of my belief system was okay. I'm far more interested in how I feel about myself than how others feel about me. So I started making decisions in according in accordance with that because when I didn't that's what led me to really starting to emotionally mentally spiral out of control so mate we could go down that rabbit hole hey, but the belief system the first place to start get an empowering belief system and it can be built and knowing that it can be built is really important the second thing is physiology which I know you're huge on you know we could geek, on, uh, geek out for hours about All the different ways to optimize our neurochemistry and things of that nature. But, you know, brain chemistry is the name of the game. When it comes to what's the meaning of life, I love those abstract conversations. And maybe over a glass of wine, we could sort of riff on a few ideas one time, mate. But brain chemistry is what we're after. It's, you know, feeling a certain way. And the more you can get your physiology right, it's just the best place to start. It's the lowest hanging fruit. So, you know, people tuning into this show, I imagine, are already aware of that, of how important movement is. But it's one of three things, movement and exercise, the right rest and and sleep, and then nutrition and diet, right? They're the three pillars that I fell back on, which, you know, for anyone struggling in any capacity, it's really the best place to start because it's so tangible. Get your food right, prioritize your sleep uh, and and your rest and, and move your body. And it is insane how much of an impact that will have over time as your physiology improves. Seen a lot of science coming out lately, and you know, certainly not a direct quote, but just something to, to consider. A lot of science coming out at the moment around um, anxiety and some of the largest contributors, and, and diet just keeps coming up. So what you're putting into your body. So just food for thought for people that are struggling. Not only can you improve your physiology by getting those three things right, but the sense of agency you have and the identity, right? The empowering identity that comes from I'm choosing, right? To do these things that are good, that are good for me, that, that's that's empowering. So that was a big one for me, and then just a couple others, really quick, was connection. So living in alignment with your values and connection is big for people, uh, almost all people. You know, COVID, if anything, really highlighted this isolation and, and loneliness pandemic. You know, people talk about the, the pandemic right now, which is one one piece, but it's really in large part a pandemic of loneliness that's been showcased been around for a while but it's really been showcased in the last couple of years so um, connection's huge you know so the opportunity for even just me and you having this chance to That's be here the in place. the flesh to, to have a conversation to have an important conversation mm-hmm. rather than just my like, hey go on and da 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 and see you later deep true connection fuck mate it, it, that helps a lot so for me that was huge um, as well and then the final piece for people to consider is to intentionally cultivate joy in our lives I'm all about, mate, I'm all about chasing the business and the, and, the, and and even just going super deep on the personal growth journey and all that stuff, amazing. Yeah. And it serves its purpose to feeling good. But, mate, if you look at your calendar over the last six months and you haven't got a pretty substantial amount of like joyful experiences prioritised, my guess is you're probably finding yourself in a bit of a funk right now. And that's a big piece I want people to consider too, whether it's with your partner, your friends, your family, or by yourself, what brings you joy? If you don't know, start there. Just take time to, to audit that. You know, for me, it's going to the movies. I love going to the movies, that's awesome, right? Man. I love listening to hip hop, rap music, and understanding the poetry and the storytelling And it. So what is it for you that's going to bring you genuine joy and, and lean into that?
0: That's that's really cool. Um, and I've listened to a lot of your stuff, obviously, the last couple of weeks. And, um, and I know you are. It's, I love your diversity. I love that you've got um, lots of different passions and interests. And... And the cultivation of joy is really important. Do stuff so that makes you happy, um, and be around people that make you happy. So mm. that, that speaks to the last two points: the connection. Um, and I know you've spoken well, not to negative, but uh, just be very aware of who who's around you and what they. But that's that we don't have to go into that. But yeah, just what what are, what effects are they having on you as well? Mm. So I think really good. And just to go over that uh, with uh, reverse back a couple of bits. Lot the. The empowerment and stuff is really important. And and just to amplify to people that the nutrition and the sleep and um, the movement, we talk about movement all the time, it's not going to feel natural straight away. Mm. So we are wired for comfort, as you said, and we're wired to be safe. And and the comfortable thing that our brain is going to tell us is to say, start tomorrow, start tomorrow, or just have that, just eat that whatever and overeat again. Mm. Just overeat like you've done the last 35 years. And then you can start tomorrow because that's the comfortable way. But to change that uh, brain chemistry is to start. Um, and it, whatever it means, writing it down. Like We speak about tangibility. We write it down about this is what we're going to do and this is what we did today. We did this today. You used the word order, which was great. I did an order to myself today and I did all this stuff and I felt good today and I slept for seven and a half hours tonight and I had three litres of water. Um, if you do that every day, all of a sudden stuff starts to change. So... Mm. Um, really really real powerful tips that is that's monstrous and I guess if you want to rewind that and do the last 10 minutes listeners I, I really would recommend because I was just listening and just loving every second of his of Liam's chat with that mate was there anything you did uh, you, you've looking back that now um, obviously in a, a past tense I know mean, mm-hmm. you're still doing it today of course and it's going to be a, every day like, mm. it's the life's not it's not all rainbows and lollipops no. for anybody let's be honest mm. um was there anything you when you started doing like the easy jogs or whatever it may be, the nutrition, the sleep? Were you doing? Was there any? Was there any way you just? Uh, you said control the controllables, but was there anything you had in mind? Were you writing anything down? Did you have a, a goal. It's just kind of evolved. you just naturally yeah, evolved. mate.
1: That's a very good question, and I, I can tell you what worked for me. I don't know if it's the right or wrong answer, but it's something to consider for people, right? I had a goal. There's something, and and the goal I'd hit my goal because it mate. How good does it feel when you set an objective and you hit the objective? Now the danger comes when you when you're you're banking your future happiness on that outcome, and then the outcome comes, and you get that momentary uh, boost of dopamine. And but that, we've all been there. It doesn't last very long. No. So if that's if you're if you're waiting to feel good until you get the outcome, that's a terrible place to to be operating from. But there's something intrinsically rewarding about being in pursuit of a of a worthwhile goal. And so for me, my fitness journey, in terms of rebuilding it, I had very set checkpoints. Um, you know, a lot of it was around running, because for me, sort of staying in that heart rate zone was huge, as opposed to weight training, it sort of flared at my neck, and all my head issues, symptoms would flare up. So I had some running goals, I'd build up, build up, build up, and it was, I think, three years after the the, the injury that I completed a half marathon. So I did a half marathon, um, it was actually my first time I'd done it, and I did it in a pretty solid time too, with some solid training beforehand. So... That was one that I remember clearly was an objective that I'd had, and it just felt really good to train towards that. And the reason I say having a goal helped was, as we've touched on a few times now in this chat, we're not, we are wired to conserve calories. So, uh, you know, the, and this is something I want to highlight, if I may, sort of go off on a little, little tangent again. I think it's really useful. A lot of the work I do now, like I said, is around emotional, mental wellbeing, coaching, and things like that, but it's also around just helping people get from A to B like to reach some sort of goal of some sorts, right? And in large part, there's really two things that I see get in the way when when people are trying to go after something. So let's say it's a fitness journey. It's the comparison game. So they start moving and shaking and putting things in place, going for runs, lifting weights, whatever it is. And there's always going to be someone that's fitter, stronger, faster. And they see that and they go, fuck. As a human, we're trying to answer this question, who am I, where do I belong? They take that context and go, well, I belong down here. Fuck it, I don't feel very empowered. You stop doing the work. So that's one piece is the comparison game. And the, the second one is at the time you make a decision to do something, like you set a goal, you're excited. Man, you, we could set some stuff right now and be like up and about. We've got the, Our body is filled with the, with the chemistry that feels excitatory, right? What happens though when it comes two days' time from now and you said you were going to go for a run at five in the morning or you're going to lift those weights or you're going to go for that walk or you are going to you know, do that thing that's going to make you feel better, that time comes around. You don't feel like it anymore. You're tired. You're fatigue. It's how you interpret that feeling. You're not always gonna feel that excitatory dopamine release, right? It's not going to happen. And if you're waiting on that feeling to do what you said you would do, you're in trouble. So it's understanding that feeling and that's kind of what I got pretty good at was I've got my goal. Um, we've spoken a lot about decision fatigue. I know you're really big on that. I've got my goal. I don't have to overthink it. i just gonna turn up and get it done. But I also now know that I'm not always like there's going to be days where I genuinely don't feel like it, and bar some sort of serious injury or, or some other concern that maybe I need to reconsider, I, I need to turn up and I will feel better for doing the work. And so, I think that's where a lot of people fall down is that they misunderstand what that feeling means. I don't feel like it anymore. Maybe this goal isn't that important to me. Maybe I'm not capable of it. Just I don't, I can't be fucked. Whatever it is. No, it's just that. Your body is trying to keep you safe and conserve calories. That's why there's friction there. So I was able to remember that most of the time and sort of show up, show up. So yeah, roundabout way. I've sort of answered your question there. Sorry, Rick. No, it's
0: it's fucking brilliant. um, Being
1: able to have that goal, understanding what those feelings are when they come up on route to that goal, and being able to manoeuvre through that is really big. Mm -hmm. That helped tremendously because all of a sudden you go from five k, ten k to the half marathon Mm -hmm. I mentioned. And, um, you know, I went back and played football this year, albeit a couple of games, um, put on a clinic, mind you. Uh, (laughs) But, you know, after four or five years away, uh, just obviously with the head trauma stuff, to now obviously going to Ironman that I'm doing, and, you know, I'll probably come last, but I'll get it done. And that's exciting.
0: It's brilliant. And great, great tips, because we always talk about not relying on motivation. Uh, It just has to be hard-wired. And how empowering is that to say, okay, this I'm not going to be filled with dopamine and excitable... Hormones and, and neurotransmitters. Because it's five AM, but I'm gonna get it done, and that's very, very, very empowering. And, and I tell you what, once you start doing this for months and years on end, mm. it just changes. Yeah. So you're not the same person that you were three years ago. But our whole life is about we. Do we want to be the same? But we don't. We want to be able to change. Mm-hmm. Unless every centimeter of your life is perfect. Yeah. Or you, which hopefully it is. But you want to continue to grow and adapt and and be a better version of yourself. Give me some of your big tips on um, empowerment, mm-hmm. mindset, because I've got no doubt that you are in this space daily. So, yeah. some of your big tips on that.
1: Mate, this is, yeah, this is the real juice of a lot of the work that I do and what I'm really passionate about. And again, mate, never claim to have all the answers, but if I could say a couple of things that land with people, then you beauty, which, you know, we've played our role today. Oh, so, so, for me, language is the best place to start, right? So, something super tangible that people can use. Find language stems. Now, what I mean by that is is this. Something that I always fall back on, we've touched on a couple of times already, humans are the ultimate adaptation machine. I will say that out loud. I am literally trying to brainwash myself. I'm trying to recondition my nervous system, my belief system, unpack old limiting. I'm trying to really subscribe to that so deeply at every opportunity that it becomes second nature. So when I'm struggling, when I'm feeling fatigued, I'm doubting myself, which never really comes up, I can fall back on that. So that's just one thing. Humans are the ultimate adaptation machine. Say it at all times. Love it. Language is a two-way street to mood, right? So often we'll see people sort of, you know, I'll give you a quick little uh, analogy. So let's say I'll see you in the morning tomorrow, Rick, and you've slept well. and um, You've had a great night. You get an email with, you know, great news for the business. You've had your coffee up and about and I'll ask how you're going. You're probably going to tell me you're, having a, you're up and about and you're, you're feeling good. Let's say the reverse of that happens. Shit, night sleep. You have an argument with your partner. You haven't had your coffee. You haven't had your workout. You're just feeling physiologically a bit off. How are you going, Rick? You know, you might be able to. You might be able to. You know, show up a certain way potentially. You know, I know you've got a you've got a great attitude, but odds are you're going to probably say something more along the lines of a "bit flat," or, "I'm just tired," "I'm this," or whatever. So people seem to understand that language reflects mood, but we can direct our mood with language. So. Um, To bring it all together, language stems. So having things that you find empowering and saying them at all opportunities is really empowering to actually go the other way to impact mood. Another thing for me is I'm the kind of person that... Fill in the blank. Who the fuck am I? Who am I to tell you how to live your life? But whatever is important for you, complete that sentence. I'm the kind of person that... I'm the kind of person that always does what I say I'll do. I'm the kind of person that sets my fitness goals and I live into them. I'm the kind of person that um, lives in with authenticity and I'm the kind of person that shows up in a line with my own values, not other people's. What Whatever's important for you. And that can be a process in itself to so identify that. Oh, stop.
0: That is absolutely brilliant. It also works the reverse with belief system though. I've always been... Mm. I've always... I've never been a morning person. I've always been a chocolate... Oh, you're probably going to touch on this, but we can change that just by changing language mm-hmm. i've always been lazy i've always been yep. overweight i've always been whatever why mm-hmm. why can't we change yeah it's bullshit yeah so um brilliant mm-hmm. um and i don't talk about language too much so really 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 brilliant and it does work both ways so it really does I'm sorry we interjecting. keep
1: going no 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 mate that's that's so powerfully true and i mean i catch myself out sometimes but i guess for people you know the takeaway is this know how important language is and have some things that you can say to other people and certainly to yourself i journal daily um that will go a long way to feeling really empowered another thing as well is to recognize that what gets prioritized gets done and you can literally build a you can build evidence and a track record of performance in the areas important to you so Essentially it's a roundabout way of saying competence is going to give you a sense of confidence. Now Rick, odds are mate, you're pretty you feel pretty good about your ability to perform, you know, on the track. You can run pretty well. You've spent tw- however many years, you know, in this space. You've got a level of competence and a track record that's helped you feel confident in that area. So, whilst I'm really big on uh, starting with beliefs, an easy way to kind of dive into that belief loop, is to actually get better and prioritize what's important to you. So if something's not important to you, the other caveat here is, who cares? Mm. If someone's doing something and like, oh, maybe I should do that, maybe I should. Who, just let that go. But whether it's your fitness, your, you know, your business, your career, relationship, things that are important to you, prioritize it. So we mentioned the Ironman we sort of joked a couple of times about how, you know, I'm certainly not gonna win, but I will get it done. I will get it done. i training for it for six months. Um, Mate, this is the number one priority in my life right now. And that, that'll change. You know, I'll, get, I'll get it done. I'll you know fitness and that sort of, keeping some sort of routine is important, but that might fluctuate a bit after the event. But right now, I know that needs to be a priority because then it will get done. And then that consistency and that track record gives me a sense of empowerment, right? Brilliant. So for people, take away, if you want to feel a sense of empowerment, build a track record that supports your belief that you are whatever you want to feel. mm mm-hmm. Okay, so that's really big. Magnificent. I guess maybe the final piece is the law of osmosis. So, what you surround yourself with, self with right? And there's three things that I consider are worth auditing and, and doing what you can to to put yourself to get to get around the best version of these. The first is people. The second is ideas, and the third is places. So, um, right now I'm in an amazing place. With an amazing person. Gee, you and you keep going,
0: this is fucking marvelous. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and uh, you know, bouncing off some what well, I think some great ideas and important important conversations to be had. So osmosis. So if you're feeling less than empowered, how often are you around people that are empowering? How often are you learning, listening, reading, studying ideas that are empowering? How often are you in places that are inspiring in nature, time with friends and novelty and doing new things and adventure? Like places, people and ideas, you want to get around as much as you can because through osmosis, you will naturally start to integrate that into who you are. That's how you start to feel empowered as well.
0: Mates, that is absolute gold. Like If you could just repeat that over and over, that last part especially, like mm. how, when you think back, if you have been weeks or months, without uh feeling empowered look back on you say your journal look back on all that and mm. what is it what really yeah what's, what's happened what, what have i not i've been anywhere mm. i've been just doing the same old stuff every day you spoke to your 70.3 tell me about lessons learned from mm. that and it's, it's a very different space yeah so tell me about all about the 70.3 and yeah some of your tips and you've
1: from that yeah mate you have to you have to have me back on once i've done it and i, I can will. i can give you the horror stories of how challenging it was but 100%. the so i've been training for about 6 months now for for this goal and a few, a few tangible lessons that i've taken away that i think probably apply to really any arena of life the the first is the importance of a plan which we've touched on already so having a clear objective and a clear plan is so important it takes away the de- decision making fatigue um, you don't have to over overthink or doubt, you have made your objective, you've made your plan, you just gotta show up and get it done. Okay, it's it's when people start trying to overthink or, or reinvent the wheel. That doesn't you start going a million different directions. Whereas having my goal, having a set training plan, all I gotta do is turn up and get it done. So that's been really important. Having a clear plan gets you a long way. Second thing I've learned is that we all have a ceiling on what we think is capable for ourselves, mate. I can't tell you the um My language was so poor six months ago, funnily enough, uh, around my ability to swim, okay? I remember, look, funny story if you've got the time. I remember... Going anywhere, mate. I remember setting myself the goal. All right, we're going to go train. Happy days. Never been much of a swimmer, but fuck, how hard can it be? (laughs) Go Go down the ocean with my partner... Um, and I remember telling her, "Listen, I'm just going to go swim out to the pier and back, it's maybe 500 metres. Let's see how we go." She's like, "I'll come with you." I'm like, "Yeah, just be careful. I don't want you to, I don't want you to drown? I just, you know, I was worried for her. So, like, because she's very competitive, yeah, you know, it's a whole other thing. So I was like, just <laughs> stay in the shallow end, like, you know, just make sure you don't do too much, mate. <laughs> I, I swam about 40 metres, yeah. and then my heart rate was through the roof. My arms were heavy. I had a panic attack. I just, I'm like. I can't, I, I couldn't comprehend how people can glide through the water, the ocean in particular when there's waves. Meanwhile, my partner just saw it; she was having a great time. So the point is, the the narrative that came up for me over time, particularly as I started training, was I'm not a swimmer, right? It was, I can't swim. Yeah, I'm a pretty good runner, I can push my body and get pretty good on the run, I can I can ride if I get good at it, I won't be able to swim. It's not po-. So there was a ceiling I had on what was possible for me. And, man, I'm still struggling with that. I'm still trying to unpack that a bit. But over time, you can chip away, chip away. So the lesson was we all have ceilings. So if there's something that you're constantly running up against, if it's the same old pattern, whether it's with your money, you know, with relationships is a big one, you know, career, and and certainly with your level of happiness, there's a period of time where things are going great, but then I'd fall back into some sort of slump, right? And a lot of people relate to that. It's like, I'm up and about, and then I'm feeling flat again. Start the process of trying to understand what those limiting beliefs are. So that was the second lesson. We all have this limiting belief system and, and a ceiling of what we think is possible and that will keep us captive until we're able to kind of unpack and wrestle that back a bit. So that was big. Um, the third lesson was how important consistency is, which I know you're huge on and do a lot of great work with your, with your customers and, and your community with runners. Um, so consistency is huge. Soon as you drop off, the activation energy required to get started again it's hard it's like that law of inertia right so an object in motion tends to stay in motion object at rest tends to stay in rest mate, keep, keep the ball rolling mate. keep the ball keep rolling it. so look there were a few of the big lessons that I really really took away and I guess the fourth one I've already we've already touched on it was just holy shit how much we can grow physically and mentally yeah. beyond what we can even fathom mate, I am far from a good swimmer terrible potentially I can swim a couple of k in the lap pool now, yeah. and just six months ago, I couldn't swim sixty meters. I'm not exaggerating. So, we can grow far beyond what is, we can't even conceptualize where we can get to. No, nah,
0: and that's the thing you're talking about. You're doing this half Ironman and this, but it was only six months ago you couldn't swim a lap of the pool. So, that is a great metaphor for everything we've spoken about today. Not just this, like you, you touched on business or finance or. Whatever, yeah. Whatever it may be, what we're talking about, you, we're talking about, especially what you do with your guys, is happiness is the most important thing in the world.
1: One hundred, um, yeah.
0: Um, but you could use this, these learnings for anything in life. You might be the happiest person on earth, but you want to just get better at something, golf, business, whatever. Nothing to have anything was spoken, whatever, and you still take this methodology because yeah. it will work. Yeah. And everything you've spoke of is is amazing. And the consistency factor to keep the ball rolling, you're brilliant on that. Um, it's it's massive. And look where you are now. Um, tell us about, I guess, the just to finish off today, because mm. we we'll, definitely will get you back on. i got the feeling we'll be doing a few. I think so, Whether mate. it's podcast or YouTube, just Instagram stories, whatever it makes together. Because, again, very much in alignment with what we do. Um, I guess, day to day at the moment, mm. mate, um, I know you are this... You're on stage, you talk to footy clubs and um, we'll put all the details in the show notes of course and I know there's a lot of football and football clubs involved with, with our show. What? How are you day to day? Well, day to day, I guess your big ambitions and goals for the future mm. and then I guess finally just where we can find you, of course in our show notes, but where, where the listeners can find you straight away.
1: Yeah, of course mate. So, a um, f- few things on the day to day, AMs and PMs, you've got to get your routine sorted and I'm... Don't, you don't have to follow mine, but a massive thing for people, you know, if you haven't got your AM and PM routine dialed in, um, you know, you'll just find that the middle of the day just fluctuates so much, but if you can control that, the start and the end, again, goes a long way to feeling empowered. So for me, it looks like this every morning, every morning, mate, bar none, do not miss a day. And it's not because I'm special. It's just because this is important to me and it helps me feel a certain way. And how I feel about myself is my North star, right? I want to feel good about myself. In, in a very healthy way. So, I wake up, I have a cold shower. Haven't missed for two years. How many minutes? I do four to five.
0: Is that, that's obviously something that you've adapted.
1: Yeah, very much so. Mate, it, started, it, five minutes? it started It started off with, you know, 15-minute hot shower and then chuck the cold on the legs for, five, for 10 six, seconds yeah. and, you know, build up from there. And now it's at a point where it's... I mean, similar to training, right? With exercise, sometimes it starts a bit of a chore. I want to lose weight or I want to feel a certain way. and It's just hard work, but then... You know, a year goes by and you, and you feel worse when you don't do it. Right? So do you... I find that with cold you showers now.
0: It, I love it. And I'll, the Wim Hof stuff and all that's obviously very famous. Do you... Do you have a warm shower first?
1: I don't. So you just get straight in. Yeah. And
0: this is this pre-train or post-train?
1: This is... Uh, Irrelevant. So you train first, usually? It, it, it I usually have the, the, the shower first. I usually have two. So yeah. I, I'll have my cold shower first. Then train... And then I will meditate. How long for? Five to 10 minutes. Sorry, I'm, I'm getting out of No, no, for you sure, yeah. Go. No, no, yeah. Go. Five, 10 minutes. For me, it's not about you know floating away to the Himalayas. It's about the routine and consistency Lovely. and just being able to keep my nervous system as calm as possible. So, so I meditate, which then allows me to then journal for five to 10 minutes. And again, you don't have to do this, but I just find this really useful for me. So cold shower, up and about, meditate for 10 minutes, five, 10 minutes. Journal for five ten minutes, and that could be what I'm grateful for. It could be my plan for the day. It could be how I want to show up for the day. It could be the lessons learned from the day before. Because I'm all about trying to, you know, continually, I guess, enhance um, what I know to be true of myself in the world, so that I can feel more empowered, and then potentially, hopefully, help other people too. So, it could be whatever, but I journal for ten minutes, then I go train. So, depending on whatever day it is, it could be you know, at the moment, it's, it could be a, this morning, for example, was an hour in the pool. Did a couple of two k in the pool over different intervals and then into half-hour run with a couple of different um, intervals in that as well, like some speed stuff too. So that was today, tomorrow's an hour and a half ride. Um, so it will vary, but then it will be train. Then it will come back to my house, stretch, another cold shower, uh, and then kind of whatever I need to do for the day. Awesome. okay? PM, it looks like I do a little stretch session for 10 minutes. Um, uh, then I will meditate for five minutes even a couple of minutes for me it's just about getting some deep breaths in before I go to bed have um, have a little potion for me which is a bit of gaba concentrate and um, lion's mane and some chamomile tea um, and all electronics off at least half an hour before bed so that for me is really important so that's my PM and then really you know, my way of prioritising sleep throughout the day at the moment it might look um, uh, I mean, my idea on it, it, varies, as you know, like, you know, if you're running a business, it can, it can get, um, it can vary significantly, but on an average day, it might look like doing a piece of content in the morning. Um, so whether it's a podcast or just creating something for YouTube, whatever it might be, then I might do a one-on-one call um, with someone. So i do some coaching stuff one-on-one, which I'm really passionate about, get really that, I guess, that more intimate, intimate opportunity to, to work with people and, um, and then in the afternoon, uh, I might do another stretch session, or I might do another one-on-one, or I might facilitate a program. But I'm also reading, listening, and studying a lot as well. So the middle of the day varies. But going back to that point I made earlier, the aim and the PM for me is really important. Mm. So hopefully that answers your question oh, that's a
0: bit. Great advice. That's really mm-hmm. good advice.
1: Um, and maybe for, for the future, like yeah, this, this is a new space for me. We we're talking off air before about you know my journey spent 11 years in travel sort of finished up in that industry and now carving out a career as you know as a speaker and, and of course there's a business around that as well but at the same time mate it's really just driven by just wanting to help people being through my own journey said it a number of times already i know how bad it can get but i know how fucking good it can get as well and it's easy to lose that when you're in the thick of it it's really easy to forget that it's really easy to fall short on your goals and and build this self-limiting narrative like all that stuff I'm passionate about. I don't have all the answers, but I'm passionate about it. And so a lot of what I want to do moving forward is continually trying to unpack that, um, study more about human behaviour so we can integrate the science into these more kind of abstract ideas and then help help other people, you know, guys, girls, young, old, everyone in between, um, to, to live a more empowering life, to enjoy life. You touched on as well, Rick. Fuck it, to, the happiness is the name of the game. It's brain chemistry. It's feeling good. So... Um, those answers might evolve over time. And so right now, I've shared a couple of ideas today, which hopefully are useful. Oh, um, no, but the plan for the future, mate, is just to connect with as many people as, as I can through, through platforms like this, of course, the work I do you know, in, in front of different groups um, and then the, you know, the one-on-one coaching stuff if anyone's S- interested. Super powerful tips.
0: Um, the morning and PM stuff is brilliant. Um, and again, you're not trying to preach. You're not saying, no. this is how you've got to do it. This all works for you, but really it does along with everything we talk about anyway so everything you're talking about i think a lot of our listeners um no matter what space they're in again i'm massive on that doesn't matter what space or field you're in will listen to that and respect that and try hopefully if not all of them a few of them and go this really works for me mm. journaling meditating cold showers daily movement okay he's not trying to be an olympian but just continue to change his physiology and biomechanics and get better at swimming, riding, running, he's got an objective. He's gonna do it in a few months, and we'll definitely get Liam back on the show. Authentic, honest, raw, very intelligent and motivating. Uh, Liam O'Donnell. Tell us where that we can find you.
1: Um, so on all the main, you know, social channels on the on the interweb out there, I suppose. On YouTube, you can just, just search Liam O'Donnell. I should come up. Braintainment, you mentioned at the start, appreciate that, mate. The podcast that I do, um, just had you on recently as well, so that episode will air shortly. which should be exciting, but you know, I've had a, a whole range of guests on there every so often. It might just be a quick power sharing some ideas out loud that hopefully people resonate with. So Brain Taming on Apple and Spotify, and also do the video platform on YouTube. Um, to the best places, I'm on Instagram um, at Uh So they're the best places to find me. I've also got a website, liamodonnell.com.au. Uh, guys, if you've got any questions, you know, anyone from your audience that wants to learn more, you know, or, or just or just connect. You know, re- very driven by human connection. Uh, it's my highest value. So if anyone just wants to start up a conversation, feel free to reach out and um, I certainly don't have all the answers and ne- never claim to. But, you know, if, if something that I've said has resonated in some way or you just want to bounce something off me or Rick or whoever it might be, then, um, you know, we'd love to get in touch.
0: Brilliant, mate. And of course, Liam's always available just for... Chats yeah. organic, organic chats And if you are uh, Maybe in a space That you don't want to be in As far as mentally Or emotionally And Liam's always there To help as well uh, And he's great With the one-on-one coaching Or if you are After a speaker He is the king So footy clubs Sporting clubs In general um, Community groups Business groups Corporate groups He's fantastic So I thank you For your time today Brother um, You've got all your Handles there We'll connect them To the show notes Continue to be great What's on for The next uh, few hours Great man you just going to Launch into the
1: evening. I think so, mate. It's been a big day, so I will. Um, I've actually got a call at seven um, that I will. i sort of make myself available for, which is actually a, a group of group of guys that I connect with on a regular basis, just to uh, continue my own journey. So it's a good group of guys, bit of banter, so it's really really fun and enjoyable. But at the same time, we're all there to learn and grow, and um, you know, encourage vulnerability as well. So um, that's a that's a call that I'll take part in, and then, mate, not long after that, I'll slide into my PM routine. I love the PM routine, and I love that we're going to finish with that kind of stuff.
0: Learning, vulnerability, and having fun, and more importantly, great man, connecting. Thanks, Liam O'Donnell. Until next time, brother, that's been Runners Radio.